Hey, Nelson, alcoholic addict. Breaking news, shocking news. That's not my real name. It's a pen name that I use here at LOL Sober. I heard an old YouTube interview with Dwayne The Rock Johnson recently about the art of getting over in pro wrestling. And by getting over in this context, he means that he has won over the crowd to either love him or hate him. Either one works in pro wrestling. And so he was talking about the art of that um, part of his job. It made me laugh because when I first got sober, I was living in New York City, and that phrase, getting over, was mentioned constantly at meetings, but they weren't using it in a pro wrestling context. In this case, they were talking about how addicts and alcoholics have to get over on people around them and keep their active addiction alive along with all the lies that come along with it. In other words, getting over means people are buying your bullshit, and that is a fundamental part of active addiction. It's just everything is a total house of cards. Man, the act of getting over really sucked now that I think about it. It didn't suck back then because it's what you did to survive. Um, if I could spin my wheels and confuse you and sucker you into whatever I was selling that day, whatever I was doing cover my tracks or get what I wanted or cover up that you figured out that that money is missing and I had it. You know, if I could do that, then I could keep going. Mission accomplished. I can't say I'm proud to say this out loud, but early on um, in addiction, when I first started the big con, I found it pretty exciting. You know, I wouldn't say it was a fun, pleasurable kind of excitement, but it was not boring. There was a lot of action, you know, and for somebody who was deeply hurt and sad and struggling, you know, to not be bored was an important thing. It was like juggling knives and eventually it just became so goddamn tiring and impossible to maintain. Um, I really think you can only get over so long until somebody calls you out on it. And I had a rude awakening once I got sober because I realized I didn't even know who I was anymore or who I even wanted to be. Forget like who, <laughs> when you grow up, what do you want to be? I don't know. I didn't know. I was just a complete, everything was, everything about me had become a used car salesman. I had always clung to this idea that I was a decent human being who'd just gotten run over by his addiction. And that caused me to tell a lot of lies and bullshit and cover my tracks. And But I, I thought I wasn't a liar. I thought I was just someone who told lies. And there was a difference in my head. What a crock of shit that was. If I tell lies every day, guess what? That means I'm a liar. <laughs> and when I became a liar, I became very good at reading whether people were believing my lies or not. I could, became very good at reading what people thought of me overall. So I, I, could, I needed to be able to tell who was on to the bullshit train and who wasn't. And I then had to either get the, get over on them or or cut bait, try to avoid them, get them out of my life and keep it all, keep all those knives in the air. It was an exhausting lifestyle. It was such an exhausting lifestyle. I can't even put it into words. When I did stop using alcohol and drugs, I stopped telling lies. That was a big thing. Honesty, honesty. Don't lie. No more lies. Um, and I like that. Um, I literally had people who noticed the shift and would goof on me and ask me direct tough questions because they knew I wouldn't lie, and I wouldn't. I would tell them the truth. 
But to go back to that liar thing, it wasn't enough to just stop blatant lies. Like, were you over there at 2 p.m. yesterday? And then the answer is yes, and I say yes. It wasn't enough to just stop doing that. I found that there were so many layers to my version of getting over, like exaggeration, fabulism, the truth, but not the whole truth, and not nothing but the truth, the truth plus a bunch of other crap. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll give you an example that turns my stomach a little bit when I think about it now. Um, it was in my first six months of sober, maybe three months sober. I was really hurting for money, like, oh my God, like tens of thousands of dollars in debt people call in the house. It was overwhelming. And it, I was not even paycheck to paycheck. Like I was like, I was not even day to day. It was like hour to hour if I could pay our bills. And I told my sponsor about it. We did some work on it. And, um, uh, you know, doing the work helped me feel a little better about it, but didn't change the fact that, oh my God, how am I going to pay for the cable bill or the, the electricity or whatever? And, um, so I talked to my sponsor and then I told him, that I was going to bring a chunk of my baseball card collection into the city one day. I was living in New York City. I was going to bring in my cards. I was going to try to make a few bucks to pay the bills. I was going to find a card shop and sell off some of my cards. And that was not exactly the truth. I did look up a baseball card shop in New York City, and I contemplated going over there. I found the address. Uh, but the angle I was working was to get my sponsor to buy the cards for me or just give me money, just flat out hand me money. Um, he seemed like he had money, and I hoped he might swoop in and hand me an uh, envelope of cash and say, I love sports and I love baseball cards, um, and I don't want you to sell yours here. And guess what? He did offer me money. He asked me what I thought I could get for the cards, and I said, hopefully like $1,000. He said he would give me that money, and he would take the cards, but if I wanted them back later, I just had to pay him back. Ah, oh, man. Did I lie to him? No. I don't think I flat out said something untrue to him. But you can see the the uh, grotesqueness of, of, um, of a liar who doesn't lie anymore but is still working people. Was I working him over? Yes, I was. Was I holding back on some pieces of this story like that I wanted him to give me the money? Yes. Did I actually think I could get $1,000 from a card dealer for my cards? No, I did not. But I carefully had said, hopefully $1,000. Like, yeah, sure. Hopefully I live to 200 years old, too. <laughs> you know, it doesn't make it the truth as I know it. I was being very manipulative. Luckily, I had just enough sobriety under my belt to feel, I just felt a little icky. You know, for the first time, I felt icky, like, is this the right thing to do? It was the first time um, in sobriety, you know, in probably 10, 15 years where I started to feel that. Um, as he offered the, me the money outside, we were standing outside an office building in New York City, and he was like, here, I'll give you the money. Something came over me where I just said, you know what, let, let me hang on to these for now. Maybe, maybe I'm being a little too panicky. And um, I don't know how I ended up paying whatever bill I had to pay that day, um, but I... Must have figured out something because I didn't sell the cards to him. I didn't take the money from him. And as I walked into my office that day, I realized that stopping the lying was not enough. I had to stop trying to get over on people. And getting over just wasn't for me anymore. I had to leave that 
to the professionals, for God's sakes. Like, leave it to the professionals like The Rock. Hey, thank you so much for letting me share.